If someone tells you there's no other form of life And you believe in that too I'm gonna tell you about the other night I swear that it's true A cloud of white and green and flying ships I've never seen That was hot chocolate, no doubt about it. I owe that one to John Zoll, one of the great, great songs. I actually pondered very seriously about um, concluding uh, my last class at Trinity Episcopal School for Ministry some years ago, um, 
which was very wonderfully attended and with passionate interest on the part of the students. I almost uh, concluded the class with a kind of disco morning in which we would all dance to that song by Hot Chocolate. This is episode 210, entitled Saved. And I want to talk about the wild card of salvation from outside oneself. I was with uh, very beloved friends recently, and we were caught up in a tremendous question as to whether salvation in the uh, full sense of the word, that is, I need to be saved, I have some compelling, compunctive, um, repeating uh, pain, sorrow, wound, disability um, pattern that uh, renders me completely impotent and my will, as it were, completely in the actual moment unfree. How am I to be saved? How can I be saved? Am I saved by means of a deus ex machina? Uh, uh, Finally, uh, uh, when I really reach the end of my resources, I cry out in T.D. Jake's fashion, help me! And um, God reaches down and actually provides a way out and a cure, which is the experience of many, many people, including myself? Or is it uh, a voice, you might say, um, as from heaven, uh, related to the transfiguration, but it actually is a voice within oneself, which says, this is not the way to go, or this is not the actuality of your life, or this is an illusion, or uh, something uh, goes up in smoke that you thought was important, and it's a voice really from call it the God within, call it the soul, call it with eminence, call it a profound immanence, I-double-M-A. This is a great argument always uh, between a core insight of Eastern religion and a core insight of linear, um, more teleological religions uh, such as uh, Christianity and Judaism. And the question is very important. Where does the salvation come from? And uh, it's actually important. You may say, well, dogmatically or in orthodox uh, theological terms, it's obvious that it's the first, not the second. And yet in actuality, does it happen? How does it happen? When does it happen? There are generations of us who would say that at a low point, we heard a word, we were given a word, we saw something, we were given a vision, we were given a a powerful three or four word phrase that uh, stated to us that God was with us and would uh, help us and would save us from the um, terrible uh, um, petition compulsion of our own disastrous character faults and defects that had resulted in absolute defeat in whatever form, usually in a relationship of some kind. And so, um, and yet on the other hand, uh, an awful lot of people, um, myself included, have prayed for that and have received it, and yet the problem has been still uh, uh, there. It's still been uh, possible. Someone said very, I thought, pregnantly recently that you you um, you don't uh, eliminate the problem but you do remove it from the front of your consciousness and it sort of goes over there you might say in the corner over over 20 feet away or 40 feet away or even a hundred yards away it's not destroyed but it is removed uh, by distance and it, it, it can be kept at a distance well I wonder what you think about that and I thought I would um, talk about actually the uh, paranormal 
I mean, we're all aware of the X-Files reboot, which I gather isn't very good and certainly sounds very PC, but I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not able to speak about it. But the uh, core of that show was always the notion that there was something um, on the outside, that was something on the margins that was um, uncontrollable and also inexplicable that uh, had to be factored in uh, to understand real causality, that the causality of life was not entirely reduced to action consequence, but there was something on the margins. And I wonder, almost everybody I talk to has had some kind of, I mean, let's use the word paranormal, but that's really a stupid word. I mean, that's just a word. Um, has had some kind of experience of a, of a kind of a, of, a, of a word from outside, a vision from outside, a possibility from outside. I was talking to a man who dreamed about um, uh, someone holding two wires that desperately needed to be connected. And then the next morning in a parking lot of a restaurant, uh, a, a woman came up to him who had uh, was having problems with the car and she said i i have my starter cables and she held the left one in the left hand and the right one in the right hand but i don't know how to connect them up and she held them up in in his face with these two and of course he stopped and helped her and, and was able to help her restart her car but it, it, the dream had become there it was and this happens to many many people and it happens in a number of the writers that i've I talked to. It doesn't happen in Robert Anderson, who, although he was a wasp from New York City and Phillips Exeter or Andover, whatever it was, and wrote about people that I can, many of us, you know, can identify with the kinds of dilemmas which are almost always um, male female relationship minefields that are so true, or father-son or mother-daughter relationship minefields, there was almost no element of transcendence in his work that I can see. He's almost a completely, there's not an iota of transcendence. The same is to some extent true in Sloan Wilson, who sort of tried for it occasionally. He also came from that kind of um, sort of preppy type background, and he was also brilliant, but um, there's very little transcendence there, and you're kind of left with, Ugh. and in the case of Cousins, there's a kind of anti-transcendence, which is so burdens the unconscious and the inner dialogue of a person that you almost, um, you, you, he's almost put the transcendence in the inner dialogue of the complex psyche of a human being. But I, uh, also Galsworthy, who actually had a kind of pantheistic streak in him that came across very clearly in his later poetry, was highly skeptical of any kind of external kind of motion or movement of any kind, call it God, call it the unexplained or the inexplicable, but a number of authors that I've talked about in the cast have actually um, dealt with this subject with a great um, fascination and open-mindedness. Um, the one that immediately uh, came to mind was first was H.G. Wells, who was the sort of ultimate rationalist, but after he encountered the uh, total check Eshek, uh, the total blockage created by the sheer fact of World War One, went through a religious phase, and his uh, uh, a couple of his books, especially Mister Britling sees it through, have a very sudden, shocking intervention of the transcendent, not sci-fi, but the transcendent, especially in the ending of Mister Britling sees it through. It's worth having, or the great dream. I think it's in four parts, or maybe three. That the bishop. In uh, Soul of a Bishop, which is a wonderful book, um, 
very relevant to this question of does it come from outside or inside or are they both the same or is it just a matter of semantics? It's more, I think, uh, it's more than semantics. But in any event, wherever you are, if you're someone who sees promptings coming from within and sort of you, you mine or you send the water bucket down into the deep well and out from the unconscious or from your true self comes uh, a message of profound, profound contact with the ultimate reality of, of, of who you are or whether it comes from a god who is uh, transcendent and sort of Bartian. I feel myself uh, really to say the truth that it's a bit of both. But you'll find this in Tarkington, absolutely Tarkington. Um, and it's a theme that is not talked about because um, Tarkington isn't read today, but he was once. And uh, people were really scared when the sort of very much this world understanding men and women and people and careers and false ideas about people's and fate and riches and poverty and changes of fortune, etc., etc. They were a little shocked when Tarkington, especially at the end of... Um, the Magnificent Ambersons, and also uh, in some of his letters, and it actually comes into another one of his uh, books that escapes me, um, the element of uh, the um, beyond, the element of the great beyond. He pierces the veil in such a way that you say, oh my gosh, you know, Lopa, the medium at the end of the Magnificent uh, Ambersons, when uh, Eugene Morgan sees the shade of Isabel and Isabel Amberson, and uh, she see, he sees the shade, uh, the ghost, and it's very much regarded essentially as real, although to some extent possibly conjured up, but conjured up by means of a coincidence involving crossed letters that is absolutely ironclad. Or um, so he allows for it. I've you have to allow for this. I saw as everybody who knows me, um, 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 John Zoller was very little boy at the time, and I were saw a massive UFO um, ear eruption, capital I-R-R, that was now known as the Peekskill Incident in Westchester County on the Hudson one night that I think it was actually an explicable phenomenon, but it boy, did it have an impression on me. And there have been many moments, my natural imaginative persona tends to work in visions and uh, pictures. And I often feel, not often, but maybe five or six times I feel that God has given me a vision from outside myself that is powerful. And it, twice a vision from the afterlife. Twice I've had a vision of of, uh, of, of something happening after I died uh, to me as I was or will be after I die. One of them very, very frightening, very, very upsetting and very, very real to me and truthful. And the other not so upsetting, but very um, worth attention, grab my attention, grab me by the, you know, and so um, you you have to allow for this, at least someone like uh, me does, but let's take a few other writers who saw this vision. Are you reading Kipling right now? I mean, I hope I've I've stirred you up to read later Kipling. Read uh, almost every story in Limits and Renewals and almost every story in uh, uh, um, Debits and... uh, Credits, debits and credits being his penultimate collection and limits and renewals being his last collection. And all the ones that have to do with the Masons, with the Masonic, the good works of the Masonic order, which is sort of in his mind kind of what the Christian church ought to be like for its members. 
And the way that the psychological and the experiential and to some extent the unknowable and mystical combine in Kipling's understanding of the human predicament and especially of human stress and disaster and personal sorrow and pain. And he, 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 uh, arch- he, he excavates human pain in several of the stories and he comes up with a kind of mix of sort of Frank Lake um, parasitology. That is to say he carries a, a person's pain to its a source in a person's past past psychological life, even back to infancy and childhood, or he allows for some kind of strange coming from beyond the veil. Remember, T.S. Eliot wrote very alarmingly in 1981, but very uh, compellingly, that uh, there was second sight in uh, T- Eliot, the Orthodox Anglo-Catholic, saw in Kipling second sight, uh, an ability to see what happens after death. And you have that in the, the famous uh, story, uh, They... Which is beyond good. Uh, and you'll have it in a whole number of others, including The Gardener, where the Christian message of, uh, of salvation and uh, resurrection is explicitly um, understood as a visitation that Helen Terrell receives where she is visiting the grave of someone she has known and loved very much. You have the same theme in Micah Waltari, who was a Christian, um, not a rationalist, but nonetheless was very much a kind of saw all religions as sort of all starting from the same place, and with the exception of, well, I wouldn't say he weighted them all the same, but in his novel The Dark Angel, he actually uh, confesses to a serious belief in astral projection, uh, and the conclusion of The Dark Angel by Waltari is one of the great moments in historical novels, in historical nonfiction, uh, at the uh, sack of Constantinople, is it 1453, I think, uh, the the sack of Constantinople, uh, there is an invocation of astral projection that has absolutely compelling uh, conviction behind it and makes you say, my gosh. And the, <coughs> the other example <coughs> that I've been, oh, my gosh, didn't didn't Hillary, Hillary have a coughing fit the other day speaking somewhere? <coughs> well, um, Neville Shute, uh, who was a very uh, believing and uh, by literary standards, very rare example of a church-going artist, a literary man, uh, Neville Shute, who did, attended church and attended very um, delighted personally with, with great feeling. Great feeling is too much a word, but with feeling, his local uh, Anglican Church of Australia parish outside of Melbourne, um, Neville Shute became very convinced. I, I think um, his wife sort of moved him to this position that there was something to be understood in the in the paranormal. In his novel... Um, Oh, I've just forgotten it. The one about the Czech uh, physician who finds himself in uh, the beautiful land, is it something like that, in Australia, and discovers a a gravestone to uh, someone who has his name but who was buried in the same place a hundred years before. What? (laughs) And uh, most importantly in uh, his uh, novel In the Wet, where there is kind of metempsychosis, uh, reincarnation is explicitly limbed out by the very brilliant and subtle uh, text uh, in the wet and also in um, The Beautiful Country. I'm sure that's it. And the third is uh, uh, Shoots' uh, uh, b- book, um, Around the Bend, about the um, 
the messianic figure who combines uh, a Christian um, background and kind of Hindu um, messianism, if that's the right word, uh, and a little bit of other religions. It's amazing. And they asked him about it. And he said, well, I, I just had always come to believe that there was something to this. And um, so what am I saying? I'm wondering, these great authors whom I admire for all sorts of reasons, almost all left room for the um, something, some truth in the margins. And when I was with my friends this week, my beloved friends, and we were really looking at the question, is it God who speaks? And that's why, no doubt about it, you know, uh, <laughs> gliding down in the hot chocolate song you heard, the spaceships, the gleaming white spaceships from outside, the gleaming silver saucers. Um, is that what it is? Uh, are we open to this? It, certainly, almost everyone listening to this cast has been at a point of real pain, male and female, young and old, this, that, and the other thing, whatever your, quote, identity, end of quote, which doesn't exist, by the way, but whatever it may happen to be, that... Um, You've been at a point when you've heard from uh, you've heard news to quote the Walker Percy famous statement. You've heard news, um, and it may be that that news is primarily news that uh, comes out of a readiness within your own inner layered psyche to understand the actual person you are in a larger sort of um, um, larger narrative. And that that also I'm 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 not turning that down. I've had uh, is it that? Well, I ask you to look at the question, and we're going to conclude, um, as you think about that question for your own experience of salvation, we're going to conclude with um, Robert Wyatt, who's an absolute character. Look him up if you like, an Englishman. I, he, he seems to be a working-class Englishman from his accent, but I don't know anything about him except, again, John Zoll introduced this song to me, but he has an extraordinary song, which you'll hear, which is entitled I Was Wrong, and Robert Wyatt, uh, the only trouble, don't mind the first part of it, which is kind of a dissonant... Uh, saxophone solo and don't mind a lengthy crappy saxophone solo in the middle that's really alienating see it through to the whole thing in which particularly the second person of the trinity makes an appearance and uh, i think you have one of the most delightful uh, powerful and possibly accurate uh, pictures of a transcendence that i know in the last uh, few years of my own little experience and i say to you all god bless <laughs> 